Hey, I'm Erica Jarvis. And I'm Amy Randolph. And this is Podcast Rewind. The podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Yeah, check us out. See what we're doing on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at PodcastRWD. And then come find us on Facebook. Search us, Podcast Rewind. And after that, come over to Patreon to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus content. So that's patreon.com slash podcastrewind. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 26 of Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy Randolph, who can be found on the internet at I'm Amy Randolph. <laughs> um, that's my handle on Twitter and Instagram, and across from me is... Hey guys, uh, this is Erica Jarvis, the other half of Podcast Rewind. I also, Amy, am on the Insta and the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Guys, you can check me out at Erica Jarvis. And today, Amy, what are we doing? You know what... We were doing our show research uh-huh. this week, and we were both coming up with our shows throughout the week, as we do, and we realized that we were doing all Florida-based podcasts. Which is so cool. Right. Either podcasts about Florida or by Floridians, yes. by Floridians about Florida. Yep. So, y'all, we're going with it. We're going with a Sunshine State theme this week. And I'm super excited about it as we watch it pour outside and all rainy. Yeah, what is this? I promise you guys, Florida is really beautiful. But just so to give some insight, yeah, Amy and I throw Throughout the week, kind of touch base. What are you talking about? We don't want to give too much away. Right. We do like to surprise each other on the mic, but it did come down to it. It was like, wait, I think I have a Florida. You, you do? What? what? Do oh. we have a theme? Is this a thing? I mean, I think people know halfway through a show we're like screaming the theme out because it comes <laughs> because to us. We some... can't kindly write it down for later. We need to shout it. Exactly. And of course, I think you guys know that as of our adult lives, Eric and I are Florida girls. Yeah. We both grew up up north, migrated to the south, and have made it our homes here. Absolutely. So you know what else we do here in our home of Florida? We drank. We drank. And as Beyonce said last night at Coachella... I've been drinking. <laughs> oh, good for her. <laughs> so this cheers. week, cheers, of course. We're rounding out the theme, and we're having a Florida beer. We are. Um, we are having Crooked Can, and this is the High Stepper IPA. Mm-hmm. We love Crooked Can. It is based out of Winter Garden, Florida. It's a delicious beer. It can knock you on your butt, and sure sometimes can. it's best to get it. a growler and take your ass home with this beer. So we are imbibing and talking podcasts. That's right. It's a small brewery, by the way, which I just love small homegrown brews. Sometimes they put out absolute shit. I've been stuck with a few like accidental brewery visits, but Crooked Can is really doing it right. And um, in fact, we love Crooked Can so much that we've stolen their theme glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what though? In the, I will say, on the chance that they are listening, we did not realize <laughs> your ABV was much too high for any of our good judgment. And I have since purchased quite a lot of glasses to give as gifts. That's because right. they are shaped in they're the shape of a can. So yeah, it literally cool. gets a can of beer perfectly. But you know what I mean? What? I don't want to talk about Cricket Can too much right now because I might talk about it later. Oh. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it alone. So we'll let's leave it alone. Let's move, move this along. along. And you want to talk obsessions? We have to talk obsessions. Yeah. Can I go first? Yes, please do. So I started a new job this week. Yay. And Man, is my brain fault. Like, honestly, I came home the other night and I fell asleep at 6 o'clock and, like, passed out for two hours just from, like, brain overload, like, when you get into a new job. It's really exciting. It's fast-paced. For a desk job, I'm clocking, like, 
between six to 8,000 steps a day. I'm doing some mileage on the car. I'm all over the place. It's great. But actually what I'm obsessed with is I got to see my parents this weekend. And they came into town for the Eagles Jimmy Buffett concert. And so we hung out a little bit yesterday at Disney Springs. And we went to this new restaurant in town that my father and I cannot stop talking about, Lemon Shark Pokey. And it is the Chipotle of a pokey restaurant. And as my dad called it, Chipotle. (laughs) So clever. It's so clever, Rick Jarvis. Um, It was excellent. It was just so inexpensive and such great, yummy food. I left and I was like, I need to go back already. Like, it was so good. No, you've got me hyped about it. I can't wait to go visit in the Dr. Phillips area. Dr. Phillips area, yeah. So it was just a lot of good time with my parents. I played Uber driver for them. They kindly repaid me in meals, so all is well. Got to see the parents, sent them on their way this morning. Absolutely. So here's what I'm obsessed with this week. I did a thing. Uh Uh-huh. I, for the very first time in my now 34 years, because I had a birthday this week. You did. And I'm not even obsessed with that, Um, but for the very first time in my 34 years, I officially joined a fan membership. Mm. And it's not a fan club. No. It's a fan cult. It is. And that would be for... Let's say it together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm sure most of the people out there can already guess. Oh, they guess. already know. They've already answered it. They're shouting it out in their car. Yes. It is the My Favorite Murder fan cult. Wendy is officially a murderino. Like card-carrying Literally card-carrying. Knife-carrying murderino. God bless Karen and Georgia and all their brilliance. They made their fan cult go live on Friday the 13th. Of course. So two days ago. And look, I was first in line. So I paid my membership. I'm going to get exclusive bonus content. I'm going to get a first pass at tickets to live shows and VIP passes, first pass. And, of course, I'm getting a T-shirt and a pin on the way um, in the mail to me now. So So I am an official murderino. Can't look back now. No, you definitely can't. Well, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Literally, even as a kid, like, I never signed up for, like, the NSYNC fan club or any of those. Did you? No. And you know what? That's so funny. You think I would have because I was obsessed with all of them. I really wanted to be part of Middle of Everywhere. That was Hanson's mm-hmm. group, which I believe is still a thing because Probably. they had that first album called Middle of Nowhere. Their group was called Middle of Everywhere, yada, yada, yada. But I really wanted to be part of the warehouse. And the warehouse was Dave Matthews' group that they had. And um, that one got you access to like tickets in advance and Steve shows can like sell out pretty quickly up north, not so much in the south, but um, yeah. I did want to be part of the warehouse as a kid. <laughs> I'm gonna totally call out my sister for yeah. a second. Um, she might be mad at me or she might be super excited. I'm not sure. I don't think she gets embarrassed easy, so she'll probably no. be fine. Of course, she cookie. was a member of the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen fan club. Jealous. <laughs> I thought Jealous. you might be. Jealous. I thought you might be. She and I were both like really obsessed with Full House. Yes. And do you remember the girls had that line of videos, like direct to home videos? Excuse me? If yes. Island in the Sun isn't your favorite Mary Kate <laughs> and Ashley Olsen movie, we can't be friends. I know that you can still sing Brother for Sale by heart. <laughs> I was going to maybe do more of, I am the cute one. She is my sister. She is my sister. No, Corey was really into that uh, detective series yes. that they had. Yeah. So I remember she had, like, we had just gotten our computer, uh-huh. and somehow she found out about that. They probably promote it at the end of those direct-to-home they video did. movies. So, For sure. Yeah, so I remember I'm, her she sitting had to, on like, my... like, send away a yeah, letter? Yeah, I remember her sitting on my mom's lap and, like researching it and having, I think, printing out the letter that you had to mail away. I, I don't remember more than that. She'll probably remind me. Or Sandy. Um, Sandy could let me know, too. Oh, um, my God. I really hope Corey doesn't get? 
I don't remember. And was she more of an Ashley or a Mary Kate? Because I was so Ashley. I think she was an Ashley too. Is Ashley no Mary Kate was the more tomboyish one, right? Mary Kate's the one that is married to that old French dude, and then like as hors d'oeuvres <laughs> put out bowls of cigarettes at her wedding in like a penthouse suite with closed windows and doors. I think it's well known that they grew into very different women than they yeah. were as those little girls with the ponytails on top of their heads. Oh my god, did they ever? Did they ever? Anyway, uh, I hope my sister digress. doesn't kill me. <laughs> we digress a little, little bit. Yeah, but fun fact, I could really like. I think at any given moment, just watch a Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen movie and be really fine. Look, It Takes Two is a great it film. It Takes Two is, like, a newer version of, like, Parent Trap-esque yes. kind of stuff, yes. but it it stands the test of time. It really does. <laughs> it really, this is ridiculous. No, but I mean, like, the Australian one I loved. I loved the uh-huh. London. Taking London was great. Oh, yeah, that was good. But when they went to the Atlantis in Bahamas and they had, like... Ooh, you might be losing me. Oh, that's Island in the Sun. Oh, okay. Uh, and so then I was like, I have to go to the Atlantis. <laughs> and then, like, if you've been to the Bahamas and you've been to Atlantis, you're like, eh, I've been here. <laughs> been there. <laughs> Who gets off the boat in NASA? Anyway, digression continues. Anyway. Let's talk like baby podcast. Let's swing around back to podcasts. Do you want to pop one up for I me? I do. So in the spirit of Florida, what do most people come to Florida for? Beaches. What Disney. else? Disney. Yes. So... Um, there is a website out there called Jim Hill Media. and um, Jim Hill? Jim Hill Media. Okay. And he tends to kind of break news of what's happening in the parks, maybe a little ahead of schedule. Oh my or, God, there's so many bloggers, so many out, bloggers there out there trying to get the scoop. Absolutely. And he has Disney. had a website for the longest time that even I would read and just be like, oh, okay, what's going on in the backyard? So there's the Disney Dish Podcast. So this is with two hosts, one, Jim Hill from Jim Hill Media, mm-hmm. and then we also have Len Testa, who is the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World. And I guess he probably puts out a lot of those books, like the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, and their whole podcast is like, take a walk through Walt Disney World with two guys that kind of really know it best. So the most recent episode I listened to is episode 156. Oh, okay. People so can talk a lot a about Disney. Quick episode, 25 minutes. Oh, okay. So, like, when I say there's a light pop-up, I'm not kidding. Got it. So, um, they were talking about Len's experience in um, dining through Walt Disney World and, like, his gripes and what he liked. He was eating at Jico. If you don't haven't eaten at Jico, you should. It's delicious. African food is amazing. But then he went over to Enzo's Hideaway, which is a new speakeasy in Disney Springs. And it's really? behind the Edison, like, down the stairs or something. And it's really difficult to get to. And he was just like, just really kind of looked like a utilitarian door. And then <coughs> you were able to like kind of get through and, you know, really great wines. He was like, amazing like Italian wines and wines he's like, I didn't think I'd ever see at Disney. Okay. So they just kind of were talking a lot about all of that different stuff. And then really went into what's happening with the Star Wars expansion. A lot of companies have come out and said like, hey, we're working with Disney on this technology, which is really unlike what we've heard in the past. Often vendors at Disney mm-hmm. can't say too much, but... It is starting to become one of those things where we do want people to announce things in advance, like with, you know, influencers and bloggers talking about stuff for Disney before Disney does. Like, that's mm-hmm. based on Disney stuff. So, um, a change for sure. A huge change. And so then they kind of had some like um, fan questions and stuff like that. And they were talking about um, Disney's California Adventure, which I know you've been to before. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, I guess they had this like coaster esque kind of ride where you like ride through Hollywood. Okay. I never well, like greatest movie ride, or uh, but also like rock and roller coaster meets oh. great movie ride meets LAX. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But so they were kind of giving me some info that like I didn't really know about. And Jim Hill was just really well versed and was like, oh yeah, talking to the Imagineers. This is why this happened. So it's a quick 25 minute like soundbite. 
and some background information on what's going around at Walt Disney World and on other parks and properties. So it's good for the Disney files. Huge for the Disney files. Yeah. Super popular. All right. Well, I listened to a new podcast to me this week that is not at all about Disney, (laughs) Um, but it was hilarious. I can't wait to continue listening. So having lived here the last 12 years, you're aware that there is some wacky news that comes out of Florida pretty often. Yes. And I hear so many comedians who just in their bits say things like, because of course that happened in Florida. Uh Because only in Florida are you people insane enough for some of the bullshit that you come up with. Bath salts. Bath salts, (laughs) exactly. So there is a podcast called Florida is Sinking. (laughs) And it is. (laughs) Where basically they, here's the tagline, which makes me giggle. I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. Um, It's a podcast about native insight on the weirdest, wildest headlines and general wackiness to come out of the sunshine state. And that's what it is. So there's two guy hosts, uh, Brent and Jeremy, uh-huh. from, I've only listened to one episode now, but I can already tell they're from North Central Florida, like okay. the Palaka, Apopka okay. area. Um, and they were telling, you know, just like stories ripped from the headlines, mixed in with bragging about their uh, kickball team's championship win this year, <laughs> which is very Florida to have yeah. a kickball league. I don't know. Maybe they do that in the North too, but we can do it all year round. We can't. Um, so one of the stories was about how a woman in Florida has married a tree this week. Not because she was literally in love with the tree. It's more of a conservation thing. They were going to cut it down, so she married it. I don't know how any of that's legal. Huh? Um, about another pair of criminals that burned down, tried to, like, blow up a house using spaghetti sauce jars. What? Yeah. Just, Trago or? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Ragu goes Ooh, kaboom. Yeah, obviously. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but We're kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> the two hosts were super entertaining. I love how wacky Florida is. Um, just last week, an 11-foot alligator was pulled out of someone's swimming pool down south. Yeah. A friend of mine sent me that and was like, you have to leave. I was like, what? Like, if I saw the gator <laughs> in the pool, I wouldn't get in. I would call someone. Look, that's not what we're evacuating over no. in Florida. <laughs> that's <laughs> not why I'm leaving. There are things that would make us evacuate. Yeah. But gators are not that. They oh. just don't bother them. They don't bother you. But they covered that on the podcast. So um, if you want to hear what the wacky shit we're doing in the Sunshine State, tune into Florida is Thinking. Question. Did they talk about the Twitter account, um, Florida Man? And I think I mentioned it to you the other day, too. There's you an did. entire no, Twitter talk- account and, like, they may have on another episode. And so for the listeners, um, an entire Twitter account that's kind of like this, but only in like 140 characters. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida man. Rescue, ripped, from the ripped from the headlines kind of stuff. So we're in it. We're a joke. We get it. We we're get America's it. Wang. We get we it. We are. But if you are listening to this up north, bundle up because it's still cold. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's it. Okay, cool. So I, I'm going to kind of keep with the Disney theme a little bit going so Florida. You're so happy. Super happy. Um, but I'm kind of taking it in a different direction. So I want to quickly shout out Sarah Showers. She, um, listener, she tweets us some, like, really great recommendations. I used to work with her and her husband back in the day. They are now tech brilliant people out in Silicon Valley, out in San Francisco. And she uh, messaged me about a show called 20,000 Hertz. She originally reached out to say, like, there was a great Hamilton episode that I told mm-hmm. you about. But as I was going back into this podcast, I was crazy fascinated. So the entire concept of this podcast is the stories behind the most recognizable sounds. So one, for example, was all about the sounds that a Mac makes. Uh-huh. Yeah, Somebody yeah, yeah. actually has to create those like boing or the home, like mm-hmm. all of those noises. And they were talking to the guy 
I was like, oh, yeah, I came up with, like, the screenshot click. Ah. And that's actually this camera that I'm holding up. I just recorded the sound of my camera making that noise. And that's what you hear. Um, He was in a legal battle with the Beatles for a while. And because of the fact that Apple products and then, like, Apple Media is the studio that produced all of the Beatles music, Mm -hmm. the thought was back in the day that Apple couldn't get into any music realm because it confused people with the Beatles music, Mm -hmm. which... Oh, and then iTunes. Yeah, I was like, this had to be prior to iTunes, of course. But so um, he was creating a sound, and it did have some kind of, like, musical MIDI note to it. And so he named it Sumi. He was talking to a buddy, and he was like, you know what? Whatever. Fuck it. So Sumi. I'm going to make this. And they were all like, me. Oh, no, no, no. Let's call that sound Sumi. And to this day, that sound is still in Apple products. And it's like S-I-O-U-X-M-I. As like oh, to spell funny. it funny, like to spell it wrong, and they like told the like the judge like, oh, it's an ancient Chinese word meaning like <laughs> this, like a liar, like a liar. But episode twenty eight was about Disney parks. Okay, so if you think about it, this is we're talking about the sounds in Disney, and so actually pretty legit. The host has Joe Harrington and Mike Fracassi. I don't know how to pronounce his Fracassi. Sure. Sassy. Sounds great. So they're Walt Disney Imagineers that really deal with the sound, audio animatronics, all of that stuff in the park. And they just really went through what it's like for the BGM perspective. So at Small World, for tell, example. Tell the people what BGM oh, is. Oh, background music. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, no one, everybody knows our lingo? That's so wrong. <laughs> nope. I almost said WDI, too. So That's thankfully not- I said Walt Disney Imagineers. Slow your roll, girl. I know. So, yeah, BGM, background music can be heard all over in the park. In the resorts, and the best part about it is... Sorry, coaster fail. <laughs> coaster fail. Oh, man, y'all. Uh, the best part about it is that you probably aren't noticing you're hearing the music. It's so, like, ambient music, and it really works with what you're listening. Like should the, be in the background. It should be in the background. So they mm-hmm. talked about Small World and how that's one long track, and I'm not going to sing it or say it. Please don't. <laughs> but in that, you know, attraction, you go from different countries. So there has to be a way that all the speakers can stay the same and so as you're floating through you go from America to Mexico to like India and nothing changes and what the task is. But there's a flavor teams. to the different yep. there is a different flavor as you travel through according to what country you're currently correct. sailing by. Yeah, correct. And yep. so how to transition with speakers and sound and audio. And then they even talked about like land transition. Like if you're coming out of Africa in Disney's Animal Kingdom and going over into Everest, there almost needs to be a point in time where music is still playing to create that ambient noise, but it has to drop out from your um, conscience Mm -hmm. that you're just in a point where like it's it's fine and you can use that sound and like the way this, like the landscape is to transition to another land or, you know, country, et cetera. So seamlessly. I was like, that was really fascinating hearing them talk about all of that work. But then for all of the audio Fans out there, they really talk about speakers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know people in my industry that spend a lot of time talking about speakers. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so pretend to be yeah, There may be some that find it more entertaining than I do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, you know, in regards to um, the Tiki Room. So if you've um, been to the Tiki Room at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, well, there's like, what, 80 birds in the Tiki Room that are singing uh, and dancing for you? Weird. There can't be one speaker with all of their voices then you can't discern a voice from a voice. So each bird almost has to have its own or there needs to be a variety of speakers around. Because if you have eight speakers that are pumping out music or voices, you can pick and hear them better than one speaker. 
Yeah. I mean, eight voices. So that's really interesting for people who aren't in that world or in audio to understand how that works and then how it plays in the happiest place on earth. Yeah. The directionality of that is really important too yeah. because if you're looking up to look at the bird but the sound comes from behind mm-hmm. you, it ruins the suspension of disbelief yep. for that attraction. So there, the speaker needs to, yeah. No, and that's also actually, if I do it too. Well, that's yeah. actually what they keep going into and they talk about the country bear jamboree. Mm-hmm. They have like four bears up there in different sizes. They all can't have the same projection because the largest bear wouldn't be mm-hmm. the loudest. Yeah. You know, it would be the loudest. And yes, the littlest bear can't, you know, be at the same. And then how do you make that work from one bear is on the right, one is on the left? Just a slight degree. And our brains are smart enough to clip into mm, that bear is not talking because I'm hearing it over here in the exactly. wrong direction. Well, it takes you well, out. And as long as it's done correctly, you don't think about exactly. it. And it comes to life to you. And there, thereby is the Disney magic of yeah. it all is that it does happen seamlessly. But if it were not to happen or, you know, it was a little bit it more like happy cheese, uh-huh. it takes you out. And you're like, ugh. Exactly. So and then you start to notice what's wrong with the walls. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> yeah. You, you know? really aren't paying attention anymore. You're like, what it's is over here? Uh-huh. So that's why I mean, like, you know, it's a 30-minute podcast and sure it's talking about Disney. But if you are into tech things and how stuff works and yeah. if you're really into audio and music, this was so fascinating. It moved along. You got to hear a lot of the audio that they were referencing Played in the background. It was so cool. So, like I said, that's 20,000 hertz. Oh, H-E-R-T-Z. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I was looking like 20,000 cuts. Oh. <laughs> and then it came in with Disney. You're like, uh oh, like, weird. I, well, is this like people getting hurt in the park? I don't know. I'm sure there's a podcast for something like that. But no, sure H-E-R-T-Z. There is a podcast. Remember, Georgia, in My Favorite Murder, I told you, covered all the deaths at Disneyland. Oh, that's which right. Which they did their live Anaheim show. Okay, so when we do a California-based podcast, we'll go back to that one. Yes, we Perfect. will. Perfect. Nailing it. We're nailing it. it. All right, guys. 20,000 hearts. Check it out. All right. I have one more pop-up for you. Yeah. This is a podcast that takes, well, that's Florida hosts. Mm -hmm. And I've actually known of these hosts the entire time that I've lived in Florida. So the show is A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. (laughs) Yes. Which is a funny name. Yeah. Anyway, right? So the hosts, Tom Vaughn, or Tom Van, excuse me, and Daniel Dennis are formerly um, co-hosts of a show on Orlando or Central Florida's talk station, Real Radio 1041, and that morning show being The Monsters in the Morning. Yeah. Now, Daniel Dennis was always Daniel Dennis when he was on The Monsters Show, but Tom Van used to play a character on the show, even though he was there every day, but his name was Drunky the Bear. Oh, I didn't realize that was Tom. That's Tom. Amazing. Yes. So about five or six years ago... Um, there was a lot of changes happening yeah. at Real Radio. Now, this is a radio station that I listen to almost religiously in my car. If I'm not mm-hmm. listening to a podcast, I'm probably it's listening true. to Real Radio. And um, I have always listened to The Monsters my entire time in Orlando. Also, big fan of Jim Phillips on um, The Phillips File yep. in the afternoon. It's a good drive time, um, But about five to six years ago, The Monsters in the Morning went through some pretty radical changes. And um, there, was, there was definitely... Um, Something going on behind the scenes. There was intrigue at the palace. (laughs) And uh, Tom and Dan were not offered contracts on the show anymore. I think, actually, they declined contracts. I'm not entirely sure. But for a while, they stopped working at the radio station. And they started an online radio show called A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. Okay. And now they have parlayed it into a podcast. Awesome. And now they've actually made back up with Real Radio. And they, several times a week, uh, late night after Jim Phillips, 
have a show on Real Radio called A Corporate Time with Tom and Dan. Fun. Yeah. So, um, I've never really adored Corporate Time so okay. much. I've heard it before. But this week, I gave Mediocre Time, their podcast, a shot. Okay. And it was really a good time. Yeah? It was better than mediocre. Did you want to tell them, like, slide into their DMs, but, okay, guys. Well, we will when we put out this episode. Sure. So, um, they had on, as a guest, Margaret Cho. Oh, I love her. Right. Comedian. She's been around since the late 80s. Yeah. She said on the show that she's actually 49, and they're like, you don't look a day. No, she does not, girl. I mean, she's got that gorgeous Asian skin that keeps her so young. Here's what's interesting. So she's on tour. She was performing last weekend at the Improv in Orlando, which is why she was around, and they were able to get her to come in and guest on the show. And she's touring with her fiancé. Her fiancé is a man named Rocco. I've been living under the belief since the 90s that Margaret Cho was a lesbian. Oh, no, I knew she was bisexual. She's bisexual? She's bisexual. So that's what I figured when I realized she was engaged to a man, that she must be bisexual. And I don't think she's ever been married before. No, and here's where I found that out in the um, What the Fuck with Mark Maron, the Uh book that I got for Christmas. Oh, right. That, um has, like, excerpts from all of his conversations with people and his podcast, and there's an entire chapter about sexuality, and she talked about that. Got it. So yeah. you knew that for a fact. Yeah. I was confused. I remember she what was on... Chick? <laughs> she was on uh, Ellen DeGeneres' sitcom after Ellen came out, I think as either a love interest or something. I mean, because mm. Margaret Cho has been around forever. Um, she had her own television show. She did have her own television so show, and I've seen plenty of her stand-up. She's funny. Yeah, she's really funny. So... The episode was really great. It was her and Rocco and Tom and Dan, and they, I mean, the range of topics. Yeah, I They started off after kind of the intros with a pretty in-depth conversation about shitting yourself in the car, which I'm no prude, but I was grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Was there, like, no way to pull over? I mean, I guess I've got follow-up questions for that yeah, topic. Yeah, like, it's happened to all of us. And I was like, what? No, it really no. hasn't. I've never been. No, I'm not 49 yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's coming. Changed. Um, and then they talked a whole lot about weed. Oh, so okay. Margaret Cho has been a big proponent of the marijuana for a long time. For the people. Recently, she has stopped smoking, she said, or imbibing uh-huh. of any time, even though now it's recreationally allowed in California yeah. where she lives. But Tom and Dan were talking about how now we've legalized uh, medical marijuana uh-huh. in Florida and you know how their use of it from recreational yeah. to medical has changed. And they just had a long talk about the philosophy of it and how... It's really actually much healthier for you than alcohol. And if you um, don't eat anything afterwards. Yeah. And then they, yes, exactly. (laughs) And then they transitioned into talking about how she has managed to have such a long comedy career. And she talked pretty openly about most comedians don't have very long careers because they tend to die. Oh, yeah. You know, think about a lot of stand-up comedians. They they do tend to pass young. They do say that stand-up comedy is the number one, like, um career for psychopaths oh yeah or like the the mo- the highest level like sociopathic or uh-huh. psychopathic people are in stand-up comedy yeah. like the concentration of it because the the darkness that it takes to get up there and say some of yeah, those things for that, sure that most i mean most stand-up comedy is fairly raunchy too there, yeah there are some clean ones out there but they're little by far she's definitely not a clean one but you know she's really talked to she was talking a lot about how 
the the longevity of her career and how that's worked. And then they had a really interesting conversation about how, I mean, she was in the in the 90s. Yeah. She would have a television special, and everyone would see it because everybody watched Watch TV. TV. And that's where you got information. And they were asking her, how do you, you know, uh, persevere into, like, how do you get your content out there anymore? And she was like, really? Unless you're at Coachella, unless you're at the Oscars, where everyone goes, everyone knows that Chloe had the baby today. So yep. obviously they recorded Thursday or whatever that was yeah. this week. Um, she was like, it's, it's social media. That's uh-huh. the most pervasive thing. You've got to get popular on social media and get your following there. And then they'll follow you. It doesn't matter if you're on Netflix or Hulu or Correct. anything after that. If on social media, you can capture yeah, the attention. I know how to use a search bar and all, all right. these things. Right. So it was, it was a really enjoyable episode. I probably will go back and give a mediocre time some more of my time. Oh, I love that. Well, Amy, before we get into our full on recaps, let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a quick second from the show and say thank you and shout out our Patreon subscribers. That's right. Let's start off with our very first intro rewinder, and that would be Sandy Randolph, also known as the mother of all podcaster. She's pretty rad. But also, we have a professional rewinder joining our group, and that is April Valdez of Salon Bon Tempo. Guys, check her out on Instagram at Salon Bon Tempo. See what she's doing, and if you are in the Orlando area or you can drive to see her, it's a must. She's amazing. That's right. We love her and we love all of our Patreon subscribers. So come on over and join us there. Patreon.com slash podcast rewind. All right. Now let's get back to our recaps. Let's go. Hey there. Welcome back. All right, Amy. So let's do our deep dive into our big podcast for the week, right? I'm ready. Okay. So we talked, we were doing Florida and um, we are drinking our Crooked Can beers. It is our drink of the week, and there really is a true reason why. Okay. So I have a podcast about beer and Crooked Can. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I found... We like beer. We like beer. We like podcasts. We love Crooked Can. This is all working it's out all, so well. I mean, it's all, it's coming, all to, coming together. It's all happening. Oh, God. So um, I started listening to What Ails Ya, as in cute. A-L-E-S. Cute, cute. What Ails Ya podcast. It's all about Florida breweries and beer. So we've got two hosts. We've got Brian and Jeff, and they're co-workers. Mm -hmm. So they laugh. They're sometimes we're together 50 hours a week. We do the 40 in the work, and then we are driving to breweries and doing beer tours and podcasting. So these two guys are really good friends. And it's a weekly podcast. It depends. Sometimes it's one to two-ish hours, and it drops on Thursdays. And there's a reason why they're a Thursday podcast. So they want you to start listening to that podcast Thursday morning on your way to work. On your way home, Mm -hmm. and then maybe on Friday you're rounding out, and Friday night you're like, I have to drink that beer that I just heard about. Totally. Right? So it's really smart. They want to get you really excited. Um, So there are local podcasts. The guys live and work in College Park here right in Orlando, Florida. College Park, that's so far away from Winter Garden where their brewery is. I mean, it's like 30-ish minutes. I suppose, Um, But that's not – the goal is to travel to all Florida breweries. Okay, so they do work for um, they work. Crooked. They don't talk about what they work for. They oh. work together externally. Oh, okay. um, it might be. It sounds like they do a lot of media stuff because in one episode they were talking about Moonlight winning the Academy Award and knowing oh, the sure. director. So it sounds like they are media guys. Their podcast is great. They do a lot of photos and videos. I'm guessing that this is their realm of expertise. Um, but yeah, their goal is to travel to all Florida breweries and talk to the owners, people who work there, and teach people about Florida beer. Can I come? I know. I want <laughs> can, to go. Can we be invited? Right? I want to go to there. I want to go to there. So um, when I was listening to episode nine, it was taped in 2017, and they shared a stat that um, roughly on average, four microbreweries were opening a week in Florida. Jesus. Uh-huh. And they were like, we got a lot of work to do. Uh-huh. Like, we got to get there. And so if you think about it, you mean... 
and there's they're popping up everywhere. We were just in St. Augustine and we hit three in yeah, one sure night, yeah. and we sure we did. did. <laughs> um, but there was fifteen thousand more we could have checked out, and so I mean, in fact, they in their um, episode list they did a couple up in Jacksonville, like um, Ardwolf and a few others, but episode nine is with Kent Waugh and Josh Sullivan of Cricket Can. Cool. So like we said earlier, Cricket Can is in Winter Garden. It is um, north of Orlando and the theme parks, and it has a vibe like on anything you wouldn't expect in Florida. Yeah. When you're driving down Plant Street, which is their main street, it looks like the set of Gilmore Girls, if you've ever watched that show. Mm -hmm. So um, Winter Garden and um, downtown area has the Plant Street Market. And yes. it is a huge co-op building that we both love. And so for those who have never been there before, it has like 19 different vendors along with mm-hmm. the brewery like tucked away in the back. It's like an upscale flea market. Exactly. You know, it's not like people are peddling their crap wares. There's, you know, like really nice soy candles yeah. across from the upscale butcher uh-huh. and a sandwich spot and one of those new... Um, those places where they melt cheese and then like yes. just pour it cheese over top thing. of a boat food. Yeah, the cheese wheel yeah. thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a really nice flea market type. Yeah, atmosphere. yeah, it's you know really co-opy and they yeah. got a great coffee spot. And in fact, the um, one of the hosts was like, you know, we wake up, we go to these breweries, and sometimes like I just haven't had enough coffee yet to like start drinking. He's like, thank God, you guys have a coffee shop here. Awesome. Like they were loving on it. So, um, just to give you a backstory, Crooked Can, there's three owners, and they were on vacation in Breckenridge with their families, doing a ton of beer drinking in Colorado. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And um, they were sitting around, hanging out, and did that thing everybody does. We should start a bar. (laughs) We should start a podcast. Should we we open a brewery? Like, what should we do? 14 months later after that vacation, Crooked Can opened. They got to work. They got to fucking work. I mean, record timing. If you think about it, because they built that place too, and like the Plant Street Market they built is not the small. Market. So, do they own all of those booths then, and the vendors are renting from? I believe the so. They didn't the talk growing. too much about that, but okay. yeah, they had to get that building up and get the permits and keep on going. All right. So, um, they had to do a lot of homebrew and they had to do a lot of drinking to come up with like the first couple of beers that they would start. That is a hell of a test and adjust period. It is. Again, can I be invited? I know. So, um. We weren't actually talking to the owners in this um, podcast, but Kent is kind of like the director of operations, director of brewing. Mm -hmm. He was working at other breweries in town, and they kind of pulled him out and like, hey, man, we think you've got a really good taste for, you know, hops, wheat, barley. Do you want to come join? And um, they said, yeah. So they shared the story about Crooked Can and that, in fact, to get the name Crooked Can, the owners were, you know, drinking in a garage, just putting names up on, like, a whiteboard and, you know, a chalkboard, mm-hmm. taping this up, writing this, and in their drunken stage, and over the course of weeks, things started falling off the board, like, physically, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, they were like, that looks really crooked, and they're like, oh, crooked can. Oh, cool. And they were like, you know what, crooked can, we will only do cans, we won't do bottles. Mm-hmm. So then, the tagline for crooked so can is bottle cap allergy. So if you check it oh, yeah. out right on all the labels, us. they have a bottle cap allergy. And so they said all of it's just a continued play on words. Like, you know, everyone has a gluten allergy. Someone's got an allergy to this, an allergy to that. Like, well, we have a bottle cap allergy. And so that's – they just were like, we just kind of keep wanting to play into everything. So um, they started talking about a lot of the different beers that they have, what the names are, kind of talking deep about them. So Mixwagger is one of their really popular beers. I know you like that one, right? Is that the IPA or the Grolsch? 
Mix an IPA. Mix Swagger? Mix Swagger. That's the IPA. Yeah, yeah. that's yes. a strong APV it one. Is. So that is a special treat. That is not a sit down and drink all okay. day. No, and so um, they were asking me, like, how did you get the name Mix Swagger? And they were like, okay, think about it. You have a really good IPA. You get your first, like, couple sips in. Yeah. You're feeling good. You feel McSwagger. <laughs> um, and so they were just, like, going through all of the different beers, which I love. Cloud Chaser Hefeweizen in 2017 won a gold medal at the Florida Brewing. Oh, really? Yeah. Good for them. So they were, you know, hoping to keep that title a little bit longer. My favorite beer, I think you were talking about, is Mr. Tractor. Yeah, and that's, that's the, the Kolsch. Yeah, and they have a bronze for that beer. Right. And they said that is the beer that they find they're really able to pull people in from a craft beer perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will come up and be like, I like a Bud Light. I like a Miller. And you're not going to go for a High Stepper or a McSwagger. And you're definitely not going to go for a half of Ison. So they're like, we needed a beer to tell people you like craft beer. Trust yeah. us. Yeah, or it's you got a group of six people. There's inevitably one person that's like the Miller Light person. And if you can convince them to come to the craft brew place yeah. where everybody else is enjoying, you've got to have a Miller Light like uh-huh. for the the non heavy beer drinker. Yeah, it's kind of like a you know a session beer. It's one of those mm-hmm. beers that you could drink over the course of the day, and you're not going to be wasted if you have two McSwaggers. You know. Right. Um, then they were talking about and. I really love a good dark beer. I know we've yes. talked about on the show before. Stouts and porters, I love. They have a Freedom Ride Stout. And do you know what a Freedom Ride is? Does it have to do with motorcycles? No. What? You're going to love this. Okay. It's the car ride after you adopt an animal from a shelter. Oh, it's a Freedom Ride. No, I know. So they were just like, oh. we're really into it. We're really into those kinds of things. And so, you know, they named that Stout Freedom Ride. And yeah. And so like, these are good guys. This is a good place. I thought to myself, like, are you hiring? Like, how can I just be part of this world? And so another thing that is really important to them is getting integrated into the community here in Orlando and working on a lot of collaborations. So, in fact, their very first collaboration they ever did was with Raglan Road Restaurant in Disney Springs. Oh, And they yeah. came out with the Tri Wishes Red. Okay. And then after very that, Irish. yep, very Irish, they worked with Morimoto Asia in Disney Springs and did their Cherry Blossom Coles, which I did not like. Oh, you, you had it where? Did you have it at Morimoto? No, they were actually still serving. They'll serve their collabs at their oh, restaurant. Okay, cool. At Crooked Can as well. This is one that I am upset that I haven't tasted. I think you're going to die. You're going to hate it so much. 1010 Brewery is over on Ivanhoe Boulevard. Heard of it. And um, they worked with another brewery like let's kind of collab together and they made a guacamole ale oh gross <laughs> can't go eat with a spoon hang now, on i will eat my words if it's delicious but that sounds fucking gross right so hang on what they were talking about is and you know if anybody listening is into craft beer you really want to listen to these podcasts you are going to learn so much and get a strong understanding of how these flavor profiles are created and how you can create magic with three ingredients honestly mm-hmm. So guacamole ale, like you can't put an avocado in beer. It's a mm-hmm. fat and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Nope. But you can use the honey from the flower of the avocado tree. Ooh. So they use avocado okay. honey. Okay. And then a little bit know. of peppercorn mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. give it that like kind of kick. And the one host who, you know, has been drinking his way through this podcast was like, if all I ever had for the rest of my life was chip, salsa, and that beer. Stop it. He was like, I would die a happy man. All right, I gotta find this shit. I know, I try know. It. And here's the thing the podcast is a year old, so it's like, you guys gotta come back and find this for me. But so, you know, we're talking throughout this podcast with bartenders, the event planners. You know, we do get an owner in eventually to have a quick conversation. And it was just so great. Um, the two guys were just 
you know, saying like, hey, what are you doing about distribution? You know, where are we going next after Central Florida? And their main concern was like, listen, like we're not in every bar in College Park yet. So why would I try to get to Miami? Until Hooker Can is so ingratiated into Orlando, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to make this all about the community and keep going. So then... I found episode 47. Ooh. And we came back to Crooked Can, and it's the most recent episode of What cool. Ails Yet. It's with Robert Scott, who is one of the co-founders, Todd Glass, and Nolan Clark. And Nolan is one of the brewers okay. coming up with those recipes. And so um, it recently, the Crooked Can opened up the barrel room. Right, And right. so they kind of came back to do a celebration and be there for their opening of this new room. So it's just off of the, like, back entrance mm-hmm. of... The um, co-op, if you go to um, Plant Street Market, it's over by Axum Coffee, and you do have to go outside to get to it. It's like a little speakeasy-ish. It's a little speakeasy-ish. It holds maybe 50 people. It's got a really cool, rustic, but, you know, um, I don't want to say steampunk, but, you know, kind of has that vibe to it. I've not been there yet. You just saw it a couple weeks ago. I did. I did. And so what they do is they will serve a few of their normal beers, the Tractor, High Stepper, McSwagger, but this is where they're going to try those crossovers, limited editions. You know, somebody's going to give them a Chardonnay soaked oak barrel. What beer can they put in it and how can they utilize those like flavors and then sell those? You know what I mean? Do some events and like they have such a huge Facebook presence and Instagram presence. Like they're constantly doing like, you know, a tap event and going on. So here's what I learned that I thought was really cool. Because in the year since they had this podcast, Crooked Can is blowing up. Sure is. It really is. You can, they are distributed in Target, Publix, gas stations. You know, they're in a lot of local restaurants. They're in Disney property. They're all over. Their little brewery can't handle it. Mm. So have you heard of a brew hub? No. Okay. Heard of Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just going to pull up my phone real quick because I made sure to take um, a screenshot Brew Hub is actually located in Lakeland, Florida. Okay. And it is a huge, large facility, and it is partner brewing. So what happens is there is, like, a master brewmaster there who has all of your recipes, Mm -hmm. and I will brew it for you in mass quantities, get those kegs, do your, you know, canning, and I can do it faster and quicker. You keep your smaller, you know, brewery supplies in Plant Street Market, and that's where you do your limited editions. The food world has actually been doing that for years. Oh, really? Yeah. There is rentable kitchens, so somebody that's starting off with, like, a line of brownies or cookies or whatever, and they started out in their kitchen, and they're selling online, mm-hmm. and they're getting bigger and bigger, and they can't support it. There are, in fact, I one of my coworkers uh, left the job that she had at our company yeah. and went to... Uh, own one of those. Oh, cool. So, yeah, you take yeah. people in and you let them with their recipe and you provide them people. Anyway, yes. yes. Yes, I know this concept. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you do. Great. Um, so this really allows the team to focus on those limited editions and really get back to creating new beers and really doing more community events. And so the barrel room is going to be where you can go try all of those cool. beers. And so this was an awesome podcast, and I immediately sent it to my dad and my mom because oh, they yeah. were driving back to St. Augustine today. And my dad called me afterwards. He's like, "God, oh, that's a great podcast." Oh, it was, like, it was a perfect like two-hour road podcast. And then, like I said, there was other breweries. They've been to Cigar City, Hardwolf. Mm-hmm. That their goal is to really crush all of the breweries in Florida. And I think at the rate that they're popping up, this podcast isn't going to stop. Cool. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. I just checked that out. I what, think you would love what ails you. What ails you? All right. I like it. Yay. 
Um, I found a thing. For you found a thing? Florida episode. Yes. A true crime Florida podcast. Yes. I'm melting. I know, right? Um, okay, so this is one of those podcasts that's a limited run series. Okay. As of right now, only three episodes are out. Okay. I don't know how many they intend on putting out until the story is complete. Sure. But the podcast is called Felonious Florida. Greatest name ever. Greatest name ever. And it's being produced in conjunction with the Sun Sentinel, a newspaper out of South Florida. I love a crossover. Love a crossover. So um, I am so excited. I listened to the first episode today, and that's what I'm going to recap for you. And then I started listening to this episode a little bit, so I'll kind of reach into it. But then I'll tell you what I think I know (laughs) about the rest of the run and why I'm so intrigued to keep listening. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you what we're talking about. Quick question. Felonious yes. felon? Yes, that felons. Fel- okay. Felons behave feloniously. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, this is a triple murder that took place in June 1994 that is the base of Felonious, Florida. Okay. It is, to this day, solved and then unsolved and then solved and then unsolved to where we are still talking about it. And um, reaches out into other crimes and even as far as to deal with O.J. Simpson. What? The juice? The juice. Well, we do have a lot of O.J.'s here. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> again, Florida, make oranges, O.J. Oh, so bad. Anyway, so this, uh, the, the victims in this story are Butch Casey, who was the owner of a bar in Palm Beach called Casey's Nickelodeon. And two very young women, Marie and Sharon. Mm-hmm. So this is June of 1994. And Butch Casey, who is the owner of Casey's Nickelodeon, uh, is a ladies' man. Uh, an older gentleman, very flashy, very rich. The kind of guy that has cash in his sock and his chrome gun <laughs> on his uh, sh- shoulder strap oh, all okay. the time. Um, he's got his Cartier watch on, he's got his Mercedes, he's got money, and he's going to let you know about it. Perfect. And he likes the ladies. Okay. So Marie and Sharon are two young women, 22 and 25, who know that they're hot and will use it to their advantage, uh, however they may please. Um, they are the type of women that will come to a bar after a last call and expect to continue to be served, and Butch is happy to oblige. Mm. So that's what happens this June night in 1994. Marie and Sharon have been out partying together. They come to uh, Casey's Nickelodeon where Butch is just kind of hosting as he does. And uh, he takes the girls, continues to drink with them in the bar after hours, and then invites them back to his home to keep the party going as the sun is rising. Oh. Right. So um, they arrive to his house at 6.30 a.m. in Palm Beach and we know this because he has a security camera system. Okay. Which in 1994. That's a lot of money. And is very unheard of. Uh-huh. So um, what happens next is they are, well, Witch's car is found burning um, several miles away from his home. The police are called. The police go to inspect. They realize by the license plate that it's his vehicle. They go to his home, knock on the door. No one answers. This is all Saturday morning. Okay. And um, so they kind of, so Friday night was the 
the party yeah. Saturday night, Saturday morning. It's all kind of coming to head, but they no one answered at his house. Nothing seemed to miss, so the police left it there. And it wasn't until uh, later during the day on Sunday when the two young women's mothers and families were starting to wrangle the police about my daughter is missing yeah. that they were able to they, – the mothers were like, we think they probably went to Casey's. They go there a lot. So they went and asked the, you know, the bartenders there. They said, yes, the women were here. They left with Butch. So that's when a police officer goes back and goes to the back of the house where he can see in through a screen door and sees blood everywhere, oh. enters the home and finds all three bodies. So they also find the security system. Uh-huh. So they can watch the entire crime play <gasps> out. It's what? all on camera. Then what are we doing here? Exactly. That's why this shit gets so crazy. So two men were convicted. There were two two men on tape. They both had a t-shirt tied over their face, except at the very end, one took the t-shirt off. Yeah. But uh, later on, convicted of the crimes were Pablo Ibar, who at the time was a 22-year-old, living in flop houses, not ha- not having made much of himself, and Seth Penelver, who was homeless, had been to prison before, also young and kind of a drifter. So they were both convicted. Um, Seth was originally acquitted. I don't think he was acquitted the first time. They both have gone to jail convicted of this crime. Okay. But since through appeals and all sorts of things, they've both been acquitted or the the sentences have been overturned. Yeah. But now, right now in 2018, one or both of them, I'm not sure yet based on the podcast, is going actually back to trial. They have both been on death row, in fact, for these three murders. So Pablo was convicted and spent 18 years on or 18 years in jail, seven of them on death row, I believe, and was uh, released in 2016. Okay. And Seth uh, spent 18 years as well and uh, was released in 2012. Wow. So to this day, like standing as of right now, nobody is convicted oh, of these murders. Oh, so crazy. Right. So they they kind of lay it all out for you like that and then say, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. let's rewind yeah. and talk about it in depth. So going back to 1994, like I said, I already told you how the Palm Beach police found them in the home. Both women were tied up and shot in the back of the neck. Butch was shot in the chest and in the back of the head and had been beaten, clearly. Missing all his teeth, (gasps) missing, you know, lots of stuff. So um, they start to search the house, the police, and that's how they discover the security system. It's not like ADT was posted on the window. (laughs) You know, it was actually a secret security system Things like Very sexy times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and I was, like, was gay. Lipstick cams hidden in teddy bears, and Ooh. so this was definitely the type. They find hundreds oh. of photos of tapes Butch having sex with Butchie. women in his home. So this is not on the up and up. The security system. No. He has had this installed probably for his own security, so he can watch if anything is happening in his home when he's not there, because all the tapes record. He's got boxes of VHS. And also, I mean, they're positioned over beds and over couches and things. So they can catch the sexy times and he can relive that on his own later. So then as they're watching, they figure out that there's a security system. So they watch the tape back. They watch him getting ready to go to the bar. They see, you know, the house get dark, the house get light again. The three come over, start to party. And then, clearly on the camera, you see one man burst into the house with a machine gun and pointed at Butch. 
One of the women gets really scared and falls over in her chair and smacks her head on the wall and passes out. The other gets up and runs into the bedroom. At this time, the second man runs in, um, and he's just got a large stick. He doesn't have a gun. Stick. But he runs. Stick. He chases the woman into the bedroom, so we lose him on camera for a minute. So the first man beats Butch in the face with the butt of the machine gun. And then you, then you see the second man come out of the room holding now Butch's gun, that chrome gun that he always oh. had on himself. And uh, as it goes through, the, the men are now kind of holding the gang at gunpoint while they're going around the house just kind of pocketing things. Yeah. Just like nice trinkets. They're, they take the, they take it, you can see them take something out of his boot. It's clearly all the money that he uh. brags about carrying in his boot all the time. Um, Butch starts to fight back a little bit, and that's when he gets shot in the chest. Okay. Then the woman that was in the bedroom, you see her being dragged out, and she's tied up by her feet and hands. They lay her down, and they shoot her in the back of the neck. They both take a turn. There's two shots. Same thing. So the other woman that hit her head is playing dead on the floor, but they make sure to do a good job. So they each take a shot at her, and then final shot into Butch. And so this is all on public, or I mean all on video. What I meant to say was the police kept the fact that they had this video from the public for a while. They go as far as to work with the FBI and NASA to try to enhance the image. Because the men have been wearing shirts over their faces, but at the end, like right by the camera, what she clearly doesn't know is there, one of the men takes a t-shirt off his face and like looks into the camera basically. So they have a photo of him, but they, they don't know who it is. So that's how episode one kind of ramps up. Now we're starting this manhunt for who is this man. Crazy. Right. And so we know that Pablo and Seth are going to be convicted later, but how did they get there? How did they find that? So then I, I just listened to the beginning of episode two, and I can tell you that this shit's going to get crazy. And evidently back in 94, South Florida went really crazy with this story because... Also in June of 1994, Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman were found dead, and O.J. Simpson was immediately suspected of Uh the murder. We all know what happened with the white Bronco chase, the trial, the acquittal, the book. The glove, it didn't fit. We all know. We all know the whole story. But here's the thing. Butch and O.J. were close personal friends. Oh, so, Butch is originally from Buffalo, New York, uh-huh. and his family had owned a bar called Casey's Nickelodeon, the uh-huh. namesake of the South Florida bar up there, and made it a very friendly place for the players of the Buffalo Bills to hang out very often. And so, it was a really well-known bar. The football team was always there, and O.J. Simpson, at the time, was the MVP of the league and yeah. playing for the Buffalo Bills. Butch was a younger guy at the time, working in his parents' bar as a manager or whatever, yeah. got to know OJ, and they remained a personal friendship up until the time of Butch's death. And uh, there are lots of rumors that Butch was involved with the mob, and the OJ thing went down a couple of weeks before uh, Butch was murdered. And in fact, the white Bronco chase was only one week before he was murdered. Wow. And after Nicole and Ron were discovered and up until his death, Butch was going around saying things like, if I'm gone soon, don't worry, I've got you in my will. You'll be taken care of. If something what? happens to me, just know that I love you. So not saying like it's the mob, but definitely is suspecting that something is about to happen to him. And that it's related to whatever dealings he had with OJ. 
right? Fascinating. Fascinating. Going on down the line, reading um, uh, a little bit about it, I know that the death of a young mother and her child is going to come into play in this, and I don't know how that is now. Uh, Again, I listened to episode one and half of episode two. Currently, only three episodes are out. I'm so excited about Felonious Florida and getting through this, finding out why no one is in jail for this when they did it on tape, Uh Uh, finding out what it has to do with O.J. Simpson, finding out what it has to do with the mob, and whatever else this thing is going to twist and turn because it is South Florida, and I know shit goes crazy down there. So, Felonious Florida, come along with me. This is what I know so far. I will make sure to keep listening to this one and uh, give some more details in the future. I mean, what can we say other than welcome to Florida? (laughs) Welcome to Florida, bitches. This is our uh, adopted home state. Yes, it is. We love it. We love to talk about it. We love to live in it. And turns out, we like podcasts about it. Yeah, they've been super great. So let's drink some beers, listen to some more felonious Florida, and learn learn what is going on. That's right. So, until next week, everybody, don't forget, be kind and rewind. Bye.